first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Kirsten, from the Sunshine State of Florida, and today we'll be talking about Space Dog's Tropical Adventure, The Mighty Ducks Game Changer, A Week Away, and I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking. But first, we'll be reviewing Space Dog's Tropical Adventure with Micah. Hey, Micah, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. So, what's this movie or show about? So, Space Dog's Tropical Adventure is a movie, and it's about two astronaut dogs named Belka and Strelka, who are sent to Earth to investigate a suspicious anomaly in the Atlantic Ocean. And Belka and Strelka, like, always work together, and they usually bump heads, but they have to work together with their friends to solve the case now. So, you said going to Earth, right? Yes. So, these dogs are kind of like alien species, or how are, how are their designs? Well, they look like normal dogs, but they're just astronauts. They, like, usually live um, on a different planet and usually travel to different planets to or the moon to investigate suspicious things or solve different cases or missions. So is this, like, an animation or kind of like a real life? This is an animation, so voice actors. And how do you think the animation was drawn and made? I think the animation was done very well. It it wasn't um, realistic because it's obviously animated and it's more of a cartoon, but it did have detail, which was good. And did you think they need to work on anything? Um, sometimes the lip syncing to from the voice acting to the animation was a little off, but it wasn't too noticeable. Was the music and graphics really good? I think, um, I don't recall hearing background music, but I'm pretty sure um, any like specific songs, but I think there was some um, effects or some simple music. And I think it definitely fit with the situations that were happening in the movie, which was um, fitting. I can't wait to see this because I really love dogs. I actually have a dog of mine. So um, is there a moral at all? Yes. Yeah, so the message um, or moral, as you said, is that teamwork can solve any problem. And Belka and Struckle were usually fighting and disagreeing on all their strategies. But they realized that like only when they worked together, they were able to get things done properly. So it's kind of like one of those teamwork makes the dream work films, right? Yep. Oh, I love those because those really inspire kids. And I think it's just great to always have a really nice message for kids. Yeah, it definitely had a great message. And I think kids will be able to draw inspiration from it. So I heard you met Mike Giza. I think I also met him. He's a really nice guy. So how was your interview with him? It was a great interview. As you said, he's really nice. And his answers were so in-depth. And they really made the movie make more sense and made it more interesting to watch. Did you interview anyone else or was it just Mike Giza? It was just Mike Disa, but I think it definitely fulfilled what I needed to know for the movie. Okay, well, I'm glad you met him because I know he's a really nice guy. If I'm thinking of the right person, I remember meeting him. He's a really nice guy. Yes, he's uh, very- <laughs> So, uh, final questions. What are your age recommendation and star rating for this film? 
So my age recommendation is five to 10 and my star rating is 3.5 out of five stars. Okay, well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. No problem. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Space Dog's Tropical Adventure, A Week Away, The Mighty Ducks Game Changer, and I'm fine, thanks for asking. Right now, we're switching to Micah and Katie's interview with writer Mike Giza on Space Dog's Tropical Adventure. Today, we have the honor to speak with Mr. Mike Disa, writer of the new film Space Dog's Tropical Adventure. Mr. Disa is a well-established contributor in the film industry and has worked as an animator for multiple projects with major studios such as Disney's The Origin of Stitch. Mr. Disa has also contributed to other animated films such as Looney Tunes, Back in Action, and Barnyard. In his most recent project, Mr. Disa is the co-writer for Space Dog's Tropical Adventure. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Let's get started. So, Mr. Disa, you were part of the writing team for the previous Space Dogs movie, Space Dogs Adventure to the Moon. Can you tell us what it was like to distinguish this movie from the last? Well, sure. It's actually the third uh, movie in a trilogy. The first one was called just Space Dogs, obviously. And it's, it's very interesting. It's the story of Belka and Strelka, which were the first two creatures from the planet Earth to go into orbit and survive. Uh, Sputnik 5 was uh, a, a Russian rocket where they were trying to test how to get, you know, human beings into orbit during the 1950s and 60s. And Belka and Stroka were the first two dogs to go into space and come back. Oh, wow. And they had this great life afterwards. They had puppies. And, <laughs> and you know, and uh, Stroka went on and she had six puppies with uh, a dog named Pushak who actually worked at ground control for the dogs, kind of. <laughs> and there's this whole great mythology about these dogs. It's not mythology, it's true. So they were heroes of the Russian um, spaceflight program, uh, and they went up in 1960. And the first movie called Space Dogs was about that adventure. It was, it's a fun family film about these two dogs who get drafted to go into space. And it's kind of an odd couple, funny show. They've got wacky characters with them, and, you know, one of them is very posh, you know, and very British, and the other one is very, you know, street. She's a circus performer. and They have to go yeah. in, in, into space and get back together. And so I was asked when that first one came to the U.S., <clears throat> actually Europe, I was asked, like, how would I feel about um, translating it from the Russian into English and making sure that the, the jokes all were translated to work with the European English-speaking audience, um, even Scotland. And um, we, <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried to make a joke there. But we, <laughs> um, we worked on that, and it was fun. And it's a fun little G-rated movie. It's good for the whole family. And it talks about you know, the part of the space program that I think American kids aren't exposed to enough. Um, you know, the, the Russian space program is as interesting and dramatic and is as inspirational as ours. So I thought that'd be a great thing to get involved in. And so then they asked me, okay, we're doing a sequel um, where they actually have to go to the moon, which the real dogs never made it to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I helped co-write that and I helped produce it. And, you know, you know I hired a lot of the actors and everything here in the U.S. and Europe to, to do the translations. And that was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed that. And so then I was asked by the Russian studio and Epic Pictures, which is the co-producers here in the United States, if I wouldn't mind writing the third installment. And so um, uh, I was like, sure, that sounds like fun. And so they, so now Belk and Stroka are working for, you know, the United Nations type uh, you know, world government, and they're off because they're the most experienced space dogs in the world, right? They're the originals. 
So they have to go to the tropics to investigate what turns out to be a downed alien spaceship. An adventure proceeds. So that's the story of that trilogy. Oh, wow. I didn't know about the backstory between Belka and Stroko, and that makes it makes the movie much more um, authentic. Yeah, it's, it's a true story. Well, <laughs> except for the aliens, <laughs> or so we think. Um, uh, it's a true story about uh, these, these hero, hero, heroic dogs and uh, their puppies. And there's a TV series, too, called Space Dog Family, I wrote. Oh, wow. And it's basically about their, um, their puppy. And their puppy is a real puppy named Pushak. And interestingly enough, one of the puppies, one of Belka's puppies, was gifted to John Kennedy and lived in the White House. <laughs> you know, wow. So, and so the second movie involves that. And there's a great history there of uh, the Russian and American space programs working together even before the space station. And I just thought it was a great idea to bring that to American kids. So there were a lot of different animals in this film. How challenging was it to come up with unique personalities for each one? No, not at all. I mean, there's three unique personalities sitting right here, right? <laughs> so all you have to do is pay attention. You know, if you're a writer, you just look around you. And they're, they're, let's be honest, there's crazy people around you all the time. <laughs> I mean, you live in New Jersey. How many crazy people do you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so I do a lot of my writing uh, on trains and um, public transportation or parks or someplace where I can get out and I can just watch people behaving. And it's a lot of fun because it's like, you know, the thing about animation is you're not really, you might be drawing a dog, you might be drawing a cat, you might be drawing a bird, but you're animating a person. You know, you're animating a human being. That's what we respond to. And uh, that's part of the craft of animation and that's part of the craft of writing and I enjoy it very much. <laughs> um, where did you draw your inspiration when writing this movie? Uh, well, obviously from the first two. But, you know, that's a hard question to answer because every project I do, I find something to love about it. And I think that's the trick for anybody. So if you guys are going to go on and you're going to become journalists, you know, you, you may not... Every story may not be the story you dreamed about reporting. I'm sure, you know, neither one of you wanted to be here talking to me. But you, what you have to do, <laughs> amazing. But what you have to do is you have to find the thing you love about it. And as long as you do what you love, you will always find inspiration in it. And you will always be happy. So that's the thing. As long as you do what you love, it's never a job. And it's never an effort. And the inspiration comes at the strangest moments, usually when I'm in the shower, which is weird. And finally, what message do you want the audience to take away from this film? Just a, a general awareness that um, I think Americans, you know, have a, tend to forget history very quickly. <laughs> and um, the history of the space race and humans' excursion from this planet for the first time uh, is, is a very complicated but also informative and inspirational story. There was a time when we as human beings did great things. We did big things, and we did them for complicated reasons, but mostly we did them because that's what human beings should do. We're at our best when we're striving. We're at our best when we're trying to achieve dreams. And during the 50s and 60s, we did something remarkable. We went to another planet. It used, there used to be a saying that says, like, oh, you can no more do that than you could go to the moon. Well, we did it. And that means we can go to Mars. And if we can go to Mars, that means we can go anywhere. And that's where our future lays. And I'd really like kids in America to understand that the whole world feels like that. And the whole world are descended from explorers. And we want and should go back 
Wow, that is a great message. And I think that people will take that away from the movie. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, there's lots of fun stuff, you know, dogs falling down and getting hands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Mike Disa, for talking with us today. Space Dogs Tropical Adventure comes out in theatres on April 2nd, 2021, and on video on demand on April 6th, 2021. I'm Katie. And I'm Micah, reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Preston, from the sunshine state of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You From Tracks. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. We've been talking about Space Dog Tropical Adventure, and next up we'll be listening to Catherine's interview with actress Sway Vieta on The Mighty Ducks Game Changer. This is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm interviewing the wonderful and talented Sway Batia, who plays Sophie in the new show, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Sway is an actress, singer, dancer, model, drummer, and comedian. Her past work includes HBO's Succession, several appearances on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, 
and Master of None, as well as many plays, commercials, and runway shows. All right, let's start with the Mighty Ducks movie franchise. The original Mighty Ducks movies were hugely successful, and I'm glad to see this take off on them. What drew you to working on the show, and did the original movies have an impact on your decision to do so? Well, for me, I got the audition uh, originally to audition in the New York studios at the ABC studios in New York, and um, I originally auditioned for a different role, in fact, um, but I got the callback for the role of Sophie, which is the character I play, and um, I used to be a figure skater, so a lot of people recommended the movie to me. And uh, as soon as I got the audition, I watched the movie and I got instantly hooked with the whole storyline of bringing the underdog team to the championships. And I was really inspired by Gordon Bombay and his whole character. And um, I really love the movie franchise and I'm so honored to be bringing it back as a series and getting to be part of this franchise is a really um, exciting, uh, I guess it's a big deal for me. And uh, it's great to be able to work with Emilio Estevez and he's just so welcoming and he really welcomed us all to the franchise. Of course, and as you were saying, it's a great, it's like really great, it's a great storyline and stuff, and since it was so successful, since the franchise was so successful, did you feel any extra pressure working on this show? I, I, I don't think there was any pressure. I, I think it was just lots of excitement um, to be part of something that's this big. And especially now that it's going to be on a streaming device with all of us home, we're going to be watching lots of TV, in which I know I do. That is something I deal with. And um, streaming is stuff that we watch a lot because not a lot of us are going um, in theaters. Um, and I have a lot of friends that watch Disney Plus. There's with so many other good shows like WandaVision and now Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Soldier and uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. I love, I've always been a big Disney and Disney Plus fan, so I'm so honored to be on this big streaming platform, and I can't wait for everybody to see all the work that we've done for these past few months. Yes, I'm so excited for it to come out. I'm really excited. <laughs> so now let's, let's focus on the cast. So in one of the episodes, the original Mighty Ducks characters and their cast made an appearance, which I think was super cool. So can you talk about what that experience was like? Well, I can't say much about that episode because it's a little further in the series, but um, getting to work with Emilio um, Estevez, who is from the original franchise, and getting to meet other cast members is really cool because, I mean, all of our characters kind of portray one of the original characters. Um, so my character, Sophie, kind of portrays Adam Banks because um, my character is on the professional hockey team, uh, and she's a really good hockey player, and um, she also does deal with a little bit of a knee injury, and Adam Banks also deals with injuries. Um, so there's also all these characters have like, a connection to um, original characters, which is really, really amazing. Yeah, I also really like seeing how they kind of had like a kind of a character that were they were kind of like. And yeah, Adam Banks, I thought it was so great. And so you're talking about Emilio Estevez. And so he reprises his role as Gordon Bombay. And I think that that's so awesome. So just how much fun was it working with him? He is the sweetest person ever. And, you know, both Emilio Estevez and Lauren Graham are two big celebrities and they don't act like it at all. They're so sweet and humble and... um like I mentioned before, Emilio Estevez was just so welcoming to welcoming us to the whole Mighty Ducks family. And uh, both of them gave us lots of advice on acting and how to really become your character and, and really step in the shoes of who you're portraying. And for me, I, uh, my character has layers to her personality. And it was a bit of a challenge because I had to put in my mind who, what side of me am I going to be, especially because I'm different 
with my parents because I'm a little afraid of them. Different with my parents than I am with my um, uh, with my friend Evan. Uh, so I think that that was definitely a challenge. She had to be different people almost. But um, you'll see throughout the series, she kind of comes out of her shell, and I love that she's so so fierce and smart and athletic. Yeah, Sophie is a great character, and it's just, it's just really great. They, the writers, they did a great job with the characters, and of course, the actors, <laughs> including you, you did a great job portraying all of that. Thank you so much. I can't wait for everybody to see the whole show, and, and I'm excited to see all the rest of the episodes. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Space Dogs, Tropical Adventure, A Week Away, The Mighty Ducks Game Changer, and I'm fine, thanks for asking. And right now, we're continuing Catherine's interview with actress Sway Bieta on the Mighty Ducks Game Changer. So this show has very diverse characters and a very diverse cast. It's a co-ed team. It has all sorts of shapes and sizes, as well as varied ethnicities. As a person of Indian descent, what do you and your character bring to the show? I think what's great about my character is that she breaks many stereotypes and she, I like to say she's not censored um, to the point where she has many insecurities that you may not see from the outside when you first see her character and she's first introduced to the show. Um, But as you see throughout her character, she kind of comes more, she comes out more and you see her insecurities come through and you see her being afraid of her parents and you see how she is with her friends and how she really feels about hockey. She has a big passion for it, except she doesn't like the whole idea of the Mighty Ducks team all about winning and these college clinics and being forced to get A pluses and forced to, you know, go to Harvard or something. And um, that's what I love about her is that you really see things that She's, she's not a perfect girl, and that's what I love, is that she's not this fairy tale princess. People will be able to relate to her, because nobody's perfect, and that's what I love about her character and many other characters on the show, is that they really have a diverse cast, and they really show everything, and I think it's going to be really relatable, which is amazing, and I hope to be a role model to young girls, especially young girls of color. Right, and... You know, there's there's just so many people in this cast, and it's just, it's crazy, but there are also, since, I mean, it's kind of a show about kids, there are a lot of other kids close to your age in the cast. So what was it like working with them, and how did you bond? I definitely bonded well with a lot of them. I think we all became an offset family, and what was so amazing is that on the other shows I've been on, uh, including Succession and Masters of None, is that I'm working with a bunch of adults. It's only me and one other person who plays my brother, so I'm, I wasn't used to being on set with other kids, which was amazing to see this um, on on the Mighty Ducks. I we're working with a bunch of people that are on a hockey team, so you have even more of a bond because you have to create a trust and um, you become teammates and you have that feeling of you have to trust them when you pass them pass the puck and, and you they have to trust you when they pass you the puck and when you shoot and and all that there's such that there's this big connection when you become a hockey team and a hockey family and uh, that's what's so special about working with other kids and we're all the same age like you mentioned so we all um connected over many things and uh we hung out as much as we can even though we couldn't do much because of covid um which is pretty sad but lots of facetiming yeah so speaking of covid i mean this show was filmed during COVID and I feel like, I feel like it's great that, you know, you could still do this and stuff. So what extra procedures were there while filming during COVID? There were definitely many extra procedures that we did not take when filming the pilot in February because COVID really wasn't a thing. Um, So when we went back in August and September to film, um, you know, we always had to wear masks. We were getting tested constantly. um, And, uh, 
you know, uh, constant hand washing. Uh, a lot of uh, what was going on on set was definitely different as well. Um, you know, our, our crafty, which is where we get all of our snacks, wasn't like all laid out. You had like somebody handing you all the snacks. It was it was definitely a very different experience. But I think we were all just so honored to be back on set and filming during this pandemic, where a lot of people can't even see their family or friends. So we were honored to get to be with people in person. It, it was amazing, and finally get to take our masks off when we're in front of the camera. Yeah, I feel like I feel like just going from, you know, the pilot in February, you're just kind of like, okay, not so bad. But then once you go all the way back, you're just like, oh my goodness, finally. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's discuss about some hockey. And you look you look really good on ice. And so I'm really curious if you had any prior knowledge about like hockey or have you ever laced up a pair of like hockey skates and played the game before working on the show. Yeah, I used to be a figure skater, so I had a little bit of training in that uh, in that way, but I never thought of hockey or I never played hockey. Um, so when I got our first first two weeks of training with NHL players, it's such a great experience getting to learn from people like them. I think we all learned really quickly, and I had to get used to the, new, the different blade that hockey has, but um, it was great getting to work with um, the whole cast. They're all so supportive, and I think everybody on the cast learned really quickly, and you can see throughout the show how everybody gets better which is I'm um, really amazing to watch and I can't wait for everybody to see all the different angles that the camera people did with the hockey shots it's, it's gonna be really cool talk more about like you and your character so your character has a big conflict in the show and she wants to play with her friends but she also wants to win so where do you think she gets the inspiration to handle this um I don't really know like what her like real role models are but for me the person I always think of is Kamala Harris I think that's somebody I look up to in real life as well and um, I feel like Sophie would look up to her too because you know she dealt with many conflicts growing up and uh, I think she probably looks up to her and that's how she deals with everything that's going on I mean great role model so that's all the time we have today so thank you so much for joining me it was great to talk to you it was great talking to you this is Catherine reporting for Kids First. Don't forget to watch the Mighty Ducks Game Changers when it premieres March 26th on Disney+. Plus. See you later. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You from Tracks. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. 
think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Burston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Space Dogs, Tropical Adventure, and the Mighty Ducks Game Changer. And next up, we'll be listening to Heather's interview with Bailey Madison, Kevin Quinn, Jabril Cook, and Kat Connor Sterling from a week away. I'm Heather, reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm talking to Jabril Cook and Kat Connor Sterling about the new film, A Week Away. Jabril is also working on a new film titled Spin, set to release later this year. Kat is recognized for her roles on shows like The Gifted and 911. I'm so excited to talk to them about their latest project, A Week Away. Hi guys, it is so nice to meet you. I love this film so much. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to you. you guys are so cute to watch. And this song has some amazing songs. Like, I love the song Good Enough. So, Miss Sterling, what was it like filming that scene? Um, That was actually one of my favorite days to film. I loved working with, of course, Jabril and Bailey and Kevin. And that song honestly means so much to me because I came into the film like as kind of like a newbie actor and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm working with all these really good people on this like huge movie musical, <laughs> like, am, like literally like, am I good enough to be here? And like the whole cast, like literally each and every person was always so encouraging and building me up and like that I was like good enough to be there. So that song meant so much to me and like filming that just kind of like validated everything and brought it all together and just really kind of made me feel at home. That is so nice to hear. And you are good enough and your performance <laughs> shines through. And Thank it you. shines through in the song, Baby, Baby, which <laughs> Mr. Cook, I love that scene. How did you react to finding out that you had like this, big cinematic dance number it was unreal like we in in the script it was described as like this 80s montage kind of thing with like fog and everything and immediately uh like roman and i thought about prince and that was our uh that was our inspiration going forward and that was just like a dream come true just like getting to play prince for a whole like a whole day a whole number and it it turned out so well um and on set we played it for amy grant and i was that was my moment of, <laughs> am I good enough? But uh, no, but she, she loved it and we loved it. And I, 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 I listen to that song often. <laughs> I can't wait for it to be released. Like both Good Enough and Baby Baby are going on my playlist because they were so yes. 
good. They were so good. It's like, I know that Netflix now has like this. I, I'm so hoping for a sequel. I really need a sequel. I really loved it. <laughs> Same. We're also hoping for a sequel. We would love that. <laughs> a we week away in Paris. Okay. <laughs> in I'm Paris. Just, just throwing that out there. Let's see. Who knows? Throwing it out. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. Bro- like wherever you want to take us. Yeah. Yeah. Know? It doesn't have to be camp. Uh, up to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> a week away on tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's Anything. go for it. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. I yeah, love it. Absolutely. Film. Thank you. Thank you so much to Jabril Cook and Kat Connor Sterling for taking the time to talk with me. I absolutely love this film. Today I'm talking to Bailey Madison and Kevin Quinn, who play Avery and Will in the new film A Week Away. Bailey is known for her many roles, including Bridge to Terabithia and Merry Christmas Drake and Josh. Kevin is recognized for his role of Xander on the hit Disney Channel show Bunked. Now, let's talk with them about their newest project. It is so nice to meet you. I love you both in the film so much. I love how this movie has so many different things, singing, dancing, acting. Miss Madison, what was it like? Did you learn anything new while on set? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I grew up always wanting to get to do music. Um, I just never was able to really publicly share how much I wanted to do that. And so I was really excited to get to combine, you know, the dancing and the singing with with what I've already loved, which is acting. So that was that was new in all the ways. Um, And then I was I was able to co-produce it. And so this was I've, I've produced in the past, but uh, this I got to be just incredibly hands-on with. Um, so every day was like the most gratifying and humbling learning experience. So I had a great time. I, I love that. And I love how you and Kevin work together. And especially in the scene where Will runs away. <sighs> how did you prepare for that scene? Because it's one of the, the most tender, honest moments. Aww. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's interesting. Considering this is a musical movie, I- just a little actor trick that I've done since I began my professional career, as long as I can remember, uh, music hits me pretty hard. So when I do have an emotional scene like that, I tend to step away and put my AirPods in and listen to certain songs that the character would listen to as if they were in a, a process of needing to turn to music uh, to express some of these you know, darker emotions. So I just remember playing these you know, sadder songs and, and it really got me to a place where I could get to that crying state uh, for the road sequence. And on top of that, there were some things going on in my life that uh, were definitely feeding that energy. And I was grateful that I could use those things uh, to the benefit of the film and that scene. I love like hearing how uh, actors prepare for scenes. I mean, that that song is so incredible and it's so well written. And the, the performances are so effortless and talking about how like, like you guys went and recorded in the studio and everything even on weekends Mr. Quinn what was it like forming the chemistry between you and Bailey so that your performances can shine through for this innocent romance it's interesting because Will doesn't really open up or let his guard down for a long time and I I couldn't decide at first if I wanted to be super open. I'll speak to you, Bailey. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be super open to Bailey or if I wanted to, you know, play like the character and just kind of find that relationship. I don't really give anyone a choice to be method around me, do I? (laughs) I mean, I'm like, I'm like the opposite. Kevin's on the road listening to the AirPods and I'm like, Kevin, let's do this. This is going to be great. (laughs) Bailey into a scene and she gets it with 
one take and needs more consideration. I need like a slow build. So and I overthink everything. So it's like, I definitely, yeah, I definitely needed to, to figure out how I wanted to approach that relationship. And I had thought about it at the beginning of the film, but by the end, this very natural chemistry developed between Bailey and I. I'm very grateful uh, to be able to work with such a great co-star that we even had that chemistry. Uh, so, it, was, it was fun. I think, I think we felt, I think we really trusted each other. And I think uh, yeah. like not seeing every scene, I think it was like, I always describe acting as like, you want to play a great game of tennis. You know, you want someone to hit you back with something that you're not expecting. And then you want to, you know, bounce them and, um, and hit them with something that they're not expecting. I feel like there was a lot of those moments with Kevin and I, like I'd throw something at him and you kind of see him clock it. And then there was something back at me and I'd clock it. And like, there was a lot of that going on, which, which kept it really fun. Yeah. The, the relationship between the characters and then, you know, our friendship really developed naturally, which is all I could have asked for personally. Thank you so much to Bailey Madison and Kevin Quinn for taking the time to talk with me. I absolutely love them in this film. A Week Away premieres on Netflix March 26th, 2021. I'm Heather reporting for Kids First. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Space Dogs, Tropical Adventure, The Mighty Ducks Game Changer. I'm fine, thanks for asking. And right now, we'll be reviewing A Week Away with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. How are you? I'm good, and you? Doing good. So what's this film or movie about? So this movie is about a boy named Will. Uh, So he's a teenager named Will, and he's quite a bit of a troublemaker. Um, He, when he steals a police car, he he gets caught, of course. And then he has the option of going to juvie or going to a faith-based camp with one of his foster families. And he chooses the camp called Camp Oigaway, which is a place where some teens are only a week away from a life-changing experience. So while they're at camp, he meets a girl named Avery, and, um, you know, she might be that change. <laughs> so you were talking about how he's kind of a troublemaker. So you probably don't, but this is a weird question. Do you relate to this character or, in your opinion, any other character? Well, I guess you can kind of relate to him just because he's – he. so he his parents uh, – passed away when he was pretty young and I guess at some points it can be difficult for that so I guess I can relate to him in that way um but yeah (laughs) I think we can all relate to Troublemaker but not that bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so I'm getting like a lot of um emotions kind of so what kind of like genre or what kind of film was this based off of yeah, so this is a team rom-com musical, so like it's it has romance, comedy, and it's a musical, so lots of singing. I love all those things where it's like just mixes. It's like the sad, and then it just goes to singing, but it's still like a sad song. I really love those kind of films that have those nice songs. I honestly just love them. I, can, I don't know if you can relate, but I just love them. Yeah, me too. So what was your favorite part about this whole movie? Um, my favorite part, I guess, I really just liked, um, oh, I guess I just really liked seeing the, so Avery's dad, played by David Koechner, um, he is, I just loved all the scenes that he was in because he's really, like, he's a really goofy dad, (laughs) and he was pretty funny, so I liked all those scenes, but I guess the other one was Avery has a, you know, has a kind of a garden at, a garden at her, um, I guess at the camp. (laughs) So 
I liked seeing that because it was really pretty. So you were mentioning all these really cool things like singing and the garden. So how was, how do you think the music and the graphics were in this movie? So the music, it was really good. I mean, it, it, there were some, there were some original songs, which I thought were good. And of course it was a little cheesy just cause it's, it's, it's a rom-com and it's a musical. So only so many directions it can go. Um, but the sets were really pretty too. So this takes place at a camp and like the lake was really pretty. So the cabins, the cabins had a lot of attention to detail and yeah, I honestly, it's a really pretty place and I would go there if I got the chance. <laughs> So do you think everything they were wearing in the scenes were fitting the time if it was back then? Yeah. So actually, it's just like kind of a current thing. It's like a it's like a teenage just current kind of I guess kind of current movie. So I thought that they fit. And of course, like they were kind of the simple, you know, camp shirts like they all had their little, I guess, groups, you could say. So they were all wearing like either green or blue or red or whatever the colors for their group was. Does this movie have a moral? And if so, do you think they did really good in showing what it was? Yeah, I think it's definitely that there's nobody, nobody is perfect. I mean, everybody has flaws and all that stuff. And then always keeping your faith, keeping your faith was a really important one because, you know, it was a faith-based camp and yeah. (laughs) So sadly, our time is ending. So I have two more questions. What is your age recommendation and star rating for this film? So I give it four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages like nine to 18. I know that I guess it would be more relevant to teenagers a little bit, but I feel like nine-year-olds could definitely watch it and enjoy it. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You From Tracks. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. 
for teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Kirsten, from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Space Dogs, Tropical Adventure, A Week Away, and The Mighty Ducks Game Changer. Next up, we'll be listening to Jacinta and Abigail's interview with Kelly Callie, and Angelique Molina from I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking. Hi, I'm Abigail Liu. And I'm Jashita Bala-Morgan. Reporting for Kids First, and today we'll be interviewing co-directors of I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking, Kelly Kelly, a DGA-winning young filmmaker, and Angelique Molina, a director and cinematographer known for her work on Amelia's Closet, which won the HBO Best Short Award. I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking is a feature film about a widowed mother who finds herself homeless and convinces her young daughter that they are camping while she looks for ways to make ends meet. The film will premiere at the 2021 SXSW Film Festival starting March 16th and ending on March 20th. Welcome, Ms. Callie and Mr. Ms. Molina. Let's begin. So this film takes place during, COVID-19, during the COVID-19 pandemic that's currently still happening to, the, to today. Uh, was this event originally supposed to be included in the movie? Well, yeah, we worked with um, we worked with what we had. So what we had was uh, filmmakers, friends getting together to try to continue to be creative during a pandemic. And we, you know, we had people wear masks because we wanted to be current and to be what was going on at the time. So for sure, yeah. We did give it thought about making a film um, not acknowledging the pen, like not having the mask and um, just keeping it traditional. But because we were um, more of an indie film and we had to gorilla it, I don't know if you guys know that term, but gorilla, you got to go and just get the shots where you can. We knew that we would probably catch people wearing masks in the background. So that would mess up our whole uh, no mask. <laughs> so we're like, let's just embrace it. Let's, yeah. this is what's going on. We got to embrace it. My question was, so there are many really powerful moments in this film, such as the breathtaking underwater scene. Was it difficult to direct and act these emotional scenes? Not having Angelique there, um, she made that so much easier. Um, That shooting underwater was hard. Um, Painfully hard. (laughs) We, uh, We, I mean, by the end of it, my eyes were on fire. Because, you know, my eyes had to be open under water the whole the whole time but angelique um and our cinematographer um becky and um even we had help from another uh friend who's in the film um ching mai and and angelique they all took the camera and uh angelique was the one uh, really directing this scene and then even when she got in the water and took the camera and went down with me like she just has like, she, she knows, she has these instincts and just know, knew how to follow me and knew like 
when I had enough and knew like it just it made that scene that could have been very challenging much easier and I mean the whole team Becky and my um, but Angelique really directed that scene very well wow well you pulled it off really well <laughs> thank you she was over there um like she said, without goggles. And, you know, this was an all-night situation that was supposed to be a couple hours that turned into a, you know. Um, <laughs> so we had goggles going underneath there, and that was challenging. But she literally couldn't see at the end of it, but still, you know, I mean, this emotion, of, you know, with the character, even with her eyes <laughs> that weren't working at the time. Um, we had the heater in the pool on the whole time, but for... For, there were reasons, but it wasn't working because we were blocking the filter. <laughs> and so we, we didn't know. Midnight. <laughs> we were freezing, ladies. We were freezing in this water. There were some challenges for sure, but it was one of, you know, it was something that we shot in the very beginning, and it was really fun, and it was a good jump start to, to continuing to make the film. It was a, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> Sounds interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about Space Dogs, Tropical Adventure, A Week Away, The Mighty Ducks Game Changer, and let's get back to Jacita and Abigail's interview with guests from I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking. So what was the most difficult part about filming during quarantine um, while you were in Los Angeles? All of it. Um Los Angeles has a lot of filming rules to begin with. Uh, So that on top of it being COVID-19, we really had to uh, take a lot of precautions. And Angelique, you could speak to that. You, they, she was really good with safety. Her and Roma yeah. Kong, our other producer, uh, they were really good. We definitely, from the little things, like on set, you have something called craft services where you set out tables and people come by and they eat um, in between, you know, breaks and everything. But because of safety reasons, even with just individualized snacks, we were like, nope, we're going to create little duffel bags, not duffel bags, but... Um, little tote bags. Little tote bags. And yeah. we, you know, threw hand sanitizer, we threw individual snacks, we threw water in there, and we gave each individual crew member their own bag so that nobody was kind of near each other by the food area, which is where yeah. we like to hang out. <laughs> um, so there was no food area. Everybody had a bag. Something as simple as that. We had everybody tested um, leading up to shooting, um, and during shooting. And during shooting, we, you know, everybody had to wear masks at all times, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it was challenging in that sense. But we talked about before, Kelly, how some of the things that um, forced us to kind of navigate uh, shooting during the pandemic was um, also adding to the story, which would be Kelly riding on her roller skates the entire time. Um, we couldn't write in the film, let's get on a bus, let's get in an Uber, let's, you know, have her drive. We just couldn't do it because we couldn't have... Um, that we many crew to, members in that tight space. Yeah, we did, and we wanted to minimize, um, yeah, minimize the crew members in the tight space, minimize being inside of anything. So most of the film is shot outside, but it, I, I believe, I think we believe it enhanced the story to have her in this unique situation of traveling around Pacoima on roller skates. Got it. That's, well, I'm glad you're able to um, move past those difficulties. <laughs> Thank you. This isn't your first time giving your audience an inside view of a very relevant real-world issue, such as Lola's house. So why do you think it's so important that these issues are represented in cinema? Cinema is the most impactful resource that we have 
in human history, in my opinion, that and music, music really is the, the real influencer. Um, but we use music. So we're like a double whammy when it comes to um, cinema. And you are able to influence so many people with images and sound. And I remember, um, you know, like the Israeli and the Palestinian um, tensions that are over in the Middle East. I remember when Avatar came out and the Palestinians dressed, painted themselves all blue because they related to the avatars. They felt like their homes were being um, injured, but it just, it blew my mind. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on on that, um, but because both sides have great points of view, but the, it just blew me away that this movie, they, it touched them so much that they all joined at the border and painted themselves blue. And I was like, look at what cinema can do. And plus Angelique and I as filmmakers are, all we ever do is something that has a social uh, positive change impact. Like Angelique's work, uh, she worked, uh, her main focus has been on gentrification in the Los Angeles area and how that impacts communities. Um, and so for me, a large amount of my work has been on child trafficking and working in Haiti, And but it's a global issue. It's not just a Haitian issue, but it's just natural to our personalities and just who we are to use our art to educate and uplift but also entertain and that's really the best way in my opinion of um getting material and and, and uh relevant issues that might not be as palatable out into people's worlds without um but guising it through entertainment you know uh so like just an example of that is like blood diamond with leonardo dicaprio people might go and say oh i want to watch leo you know because he's so great and that's so entertaining but you end up learning about the diamond trade and how it's killing people and it changed the whole industry all the people selling diamonds now have to show and certify that they aren't um uh, uh, accessing them um through brutality you know so it's very cinema's powerful i agree it's really important that you're helping shed light on you know social social issues so thank you yeah. uh what are you hoping to accomplish showcasing people currently living in marginalized communities can you repeat that sorry what are you hoping to accomplish from showcasing people currently living in marginalized communities empathy i mean for me that's the main the first thing that comes to my mind i, I grew up in los angeles the homeless issue has been has existed since i, I can remember being a child and always seeing skid row and always seeing people like it's amplified right now amplified amplified um and although we don't follow danny throughout the story just as that the only being the only journey she has to me empathy for other people is vital and it's sometimes lacking um and i think that that's what i would i would you know say needs to needs to happen with any movie you create i guess <laughs> um just having empathy for other people and realizing that you might not understand the situation you're not and that might not ever be in their situation but seeing their dignity and their humanity and treating them with that dignity and humanity to me is the most important thing got it that's that is really important um, so thank you very much for being here today miss kelly and miss molina it was wonderful talking to you both we just interviewed kelly kelly and angelique molina who co-directed the feature film i'm fine thanks for asking which can be seen virtually at the 2021 south by southwest film festival on march 17th this is abigail lu
And this is Rashita Bala Morgan from Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVD, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for, Co- for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by We Got You From Tracks. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.